never lost that struggle that we fought, but we've lost every struggle that we failed to fight. Mm. Well, coming up, we've got Judge Greg Mathis is going to spend some time with us and talk about, many of us are talking about right now, and that is prison reform, just one of the many things that we need to start from the ground and move up to change this system. Can it be done? Well, we're going to see what the judge has to say about that. Be sure to follow me now on Twitter at Rolanda Watts, Instagram at Rolanda Watts, just in LinkedIn, and on Facebook at Rolanda and Rolanda On Demand. Such a great show coming up for you today. I'll be right back right after this. It's Rolanda. So when I'm sitting here talking about people wrongfully accused, that there are 201 people right now that the Innocence Project has sprung from prison, uh, some having spent two decades behind bars for the wrong reason, what do you say about our judicial system? It's flawed. And it could happen to anyone. I think that's the scary part of your story. There's more Rolanda next. Talk. Listen. Connect. You're listening to Rolanda On Demand, and I'm Rolanda Watson. You know, that's exactly what we're talking about today with Judge Greg Mathis. What many of us as Americans are extremely concerned about, not only all the racial issues that we've been seeing and dealing with, but also what is happening in our prison reform system, understanding that it's all connected. And systemically, it seems that people of color are the ones who are carrying the brunt of this. Many questioning, are the punishments too harsh? And are they designed to target a certain group of people? Well, we're going to be talking about that in just a second. Let me just say this, that in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, my hometown where I grew up, there alone, there are two men that I know who were sprung from jail prison, actually, um, after almost 17, 18 years for crimes they didn't do. And Duke University is down there working so hard to make sure that these cases are reopened and that, you know, there is there there is given due diligence to justice in that way. Well, as we talked about, uh, President Obama has done something historic. Never before has a president gone to a federal prison, as he did in Oklahoma, to talk with prisoners and to claim this country is in great need of prison reform. In fact, it was President Obama who said, and I quote, mass incarceration makes our country worse. Well, here are the startling statistics for you. In 1980, since that time, the prison population in America has more than quadrupled, which means that one out of every 100 Americans is behind bars. And some are saying that it's like one out of five black men are behind bars, if not more. This, of course, is costing millions of dollars. In federal prison alone, it costs $33,000 a year per prisoner. And as Judge Mathis is about to point out, in some cases, it could be as high as $60,000 a year per prisoner. Is that money wasted? Should we be looking at more second chances after mistakes? Is this the time to put somebody in a cage during the most productive years in their life? Maybe a harsher, harsher time than the crime. Well, let's talk with 
Judge Greg Mathis, who we see on television, but is actually a real judge. And what's also very interesting is always so transparent about this is that he also came from a life in the streets, having seen all sides of the justice system. I was just curious to hear what the judge had to say. What are you thinking? I mean, you've been there on on every side. What what are you thinking when the president comes out and makes such a startling statement that many of us say has always been old news? First, there's a um, underlying premise in the relationship between African-American community and uh, law enforcement, uh, which began, uh, quite frankly, um, hundreds of years ago. I think we know that, um, first of all, the Klan, many of them were law enforcement during the day and Klan members at night. We know that many black men were locked up under vagrancy laws after emancipation. Vagrancy laws meaning if you had no place to live and you wandered around, we could lock you up. The sentences were as high as five years in prison. So you've had this struggle with law enforcement for centuries uh, with black men in particular. And now we see a prison population that's over 50% black men who represent less than 5% of society. They're 12% for black folks in general and more black women than there are men. So once again, we see the warehousing of black men in prison. Some of it is a result of injustice. Well, I think what is really significant and a real big signal, signifying we're in big trouble, is when the president actually goes to a prison. Have you ever seen that happen before? Yeah, indeed. This is the first time in history it has ever happened, and I think it's um, great symbolism. And it's also so great inspiration. I visit prisons from time to time, and they're quite inspired when I come. One of the things that uh, I find amazing is they give me a standing ovation. And this In the is prison. Yeah. <laughs> One of the first times, I'm sure, that a, that a judge gets a standing ovation. Oh, come on, ovation. you're a TV person. We'll take it any place. <laughs> I think they identify with me because they know I love them, and I fight for them, and I think that's what they'll see and what they'll be inspired by, inspired by those one million black men in prison around the world are going to be so inspired. One of the things that we have always been inspired with about you is that you are very transparent. You are very clear that I've been on that other side. I know what that feels like to walk in those moccasins. Spend less on incarcerating and more on educating because to the extent that you remove those $50,000 a year tabs for each prisoner that it costs to keep in prison and you reduce that to alternative sentencing is the extent in which your state budgets are less uh, um, are less challenged and you're able to provide more tax relief as these fiscal conservatives want slash the Republicans and then you're able to provide more humanity which is what most of us want as it relates to But come on Judge Mathis all this is a pie in the sky kind of dream. How can you change a system that is hundreds of years old that is designed, it seems, to be against a certain population in this country. How can you possibly change that? You know, Rolanda, I often say that uh, we've never lost a, a war that we haven't fought, never lost a struggle that we fought, rather, never lost a struggle that we fought, but we've lost every struggle that we failed to fight. 
Mm. Emancipation, we fought and we won. Desegregation of the schools, we fought and we won. Civil Rights Act, the desegregated public accommodations, we fought and we won. Voting Rights Act, we fought and we won, and we took over the world with electing the most powerful man in America as a black president. So every struggle that we've engaged in, we've won, and I think we're going to win this struggle too. And we'll be right back after this on Rolanda On Demand. Hey, be sure and follow me on Facebook and then on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Go to at Rolanda Watts. That's R-O-L-O-N-D-A, at Rolanda Watts. And go check out my website, too, Rolanda.com. Now, let's get back to Greg Mathis, the judge, right after this. It's Rolanda. You probably know this man, Rodney Van Johnson. Thank you for having me. Joe- I just wanted to say that uh, Ro looks amazing. I do? Oh. Yes, you do. <laughs> Ooh. I, I think you should have some type of virtual thing going on out here. You need to. You're too fine to be behind this microphone without us seeing you. Oh, really? Really. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. It's Rolanda. And I was doing a book signing years ago, and some guy says, David, two words changed my life. Two words changed my life. And I said, and then God was speaking to me because I am rather obtuse at times. I said, be happy. What? Three words. Be happy now. Be huh? happy now. Words, be, happy be happy now. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. Hey, it's summertime, perfect for summer beach reading. Get that book in your travel bag, and I hope it's Destiny Lingers, my romance suspense novel endorsed by Dr. Maya Angelou. Pick yours up right now at Amazon.com. Now, back to Judge Greg Mathis. Some people say that America's biggest cancer is indifference, that not as many people are as, as passionate as you and I are about these types of things. Yeah, I think that um, in many instances, most people are consumed with their own lives. And, and I think uh, that they're doing a disservice to themselves and to their community. One of the most fulfilling uh, parts of my life is being able to help others. I wake up in the morning. My community center director uh, was telling me the other morning because I wake up at 8 a.m. and I call him and I tell him what I'd like to do for the community or some people I'd like to help. And he says, you're amazing. You wake up every morning uh, calling me, talking about who you want to help. And he said, I don't know many people that do that. And then he said, but you sound so happy when you're doing it. Doesn't it make you happy to help people? And it makes my day go so much better. You're doing something very significant with young men. Can you tell me a bit about your program and and just what, you know, because I think that when you tell that story, I think so many of us really do want to help in some way. We just don't know how to begin, where to begin. Yeah, you know, I have a unique commitment uh, to Uh, young black men because I was one of those uh, hopeless uh, young black men who was uh, engaged in street life. And tell me a bit about that because people look at you, you're so slick, you're educated, you got a TV show, the longest running television show in Warner Brothers. I mean, this is an amazing feat, but the real story behind, tell tell a bit about that for those who are who are probably shocked to hear me even say that. Well, you know, I was street youth. I grew up in a house of four boys, mother single, toughest housing projects in Detroit, in and out of juvenile. Um, on my last stint in adult jail, I was um, uh, sentenced by a judge both to a less than a year 
um, in jail and then to get a GED and um, go to college if I could. Well, I think I went a little further than the GED. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and once acquiring my law degree, first of all, I still faced those, um, I faced the uh, roadblocks. They held my law license up for three years for the things I did as a kid, even though my record had been expunged by then. So they're never going to uh, open the door up and give you the red carpet, I tell these young men that. But um, then I was able to become elected uh, one of the youngest judges or the youngest judge in Michigan history, and I used that platform as a judge to try and help young black men. I formulated a citywide church-based mentorship program, and then um, we know that once um, I was able to get the opportunity to get on television, I continued to do the same thing more on a national level. And we have a community center in Detroit, the Mathis Community Center, that has local and national programs helping young black men in, um, in addition to others. I wish but, more people would do stuff like that, really take community action. That's so important. Yeah, it is. But, you know, some of it comes from my own struggle. So I, uh, I'm i glad that everybody didn't have this same struggle. <laughs> <laughs> but as you look back on it, you know, because a lot of people have those that, those struggles, and they look back and, and they don't let that empower them. They let that keep them down. You know, how did you make that change? How did you say this is going to be the texture of my life? Well, I think one of the primary differences in my attitude, and uh, some people call it arrogance, I call it self-confidence. I believed in myself, and I was a fighter. Uh, when I was on the street, I wanted to be the best street guy. <laughs> <laughs> I often say that, you know, if you take half of the energy on the street and put it in corporate America, we might see some some new uh, Forbes <laughs> lists. <laughs> right. And I wanted to be, and I was, quite frankly, among my peers. And then when I uh, transformed my mind and... Um, believed that I wanted to go into mainstream society and make a difference and help those who were being left behind in my community, I felt that I um, would uh, succeed. I think that I thought that I would overachieve uh, all my peers. And You did all right. Uh, that was it. <laughs> you did. You're done good. <laughs> pretty decent, pretty, became a pretty decent lawyer. Um, and so I think it's that sense of confidence. But more than the confidence was the preparation. Mm. I had to uh, prepare. You can't be confident unless you prepare. Uh, And that's one of the shortcomings, I think, of a lot of our young men who want immediate gratification. Mm. They have to prepare for that gratification and then fight and believe that you can overcome those obstacles. Mm -hmm. We have seen a lot of cases where the the justice system has just gone to the point where we're having hundreds of people being freed from prison for being wrongly accused of crimes they didn't even do. We think we got problems on the street. There are problems inside uh, with people who are wrongly accused. What do you say about that, especially somebody who we've got a couple of cases out of my hometown in Winston-Salem, North Carolina alone, two men serving as much as 18 years for, for crimes they didn't commit. What's what's happening in America? You know, I often have a little saying that uh, in many instances, the justice system in America is indeed criminal, <laughs> as opposed to the criminal justice. I think many would agree with you. <laughs> and uh, and and really, it works better for uh, clearly for um, those who have more than the poor, if you will, <laughs> and those with the resources are able to uh, hire the best attorneys to get them off. Where those without resources 
forces. They either plead guilty because they're fearful of a harsh sentence, even though they may not have committed the crime, or they have a an attorney who was overworked, underpaid, and is unable to represent them properly. That's so sad. And then there's, we know, the racism and the oppression involved in law enforcement, as we've spoken of. And that results in a lot of the wrongful convention uh, convictions. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. But thank God we have a movement to uh, address that. In Illinois, for example, uh, that resulted in uh, over 100 wrongfully convicted being released from prison and removed from death row, some of them on death row. And around the country, we've seen that. We've seen that with um, our dear brother Hurricane, the late Hurricane, uh, that was wrongfully convicted for murder. And God used him as well to come out and campaign around the country. We have our dear brother Mamiya in uh, Philadelphia, whom many believe, as I do, has been wrongfully convicted and has been a movement around the world mm-hmm. that has brought attention to that. Well, so brought the attention. good news is we're fighting. That's right, and the attention is... Do bring- you know that I remember Hurricane when I served on the Rawway State Prison Lifers Group? I was on the Board of Advisors, and Hurricane was one of my guys. See, I wasn't the only one who went to prison. You say you were at what prison? <laughs> On the advisory board, I wasn't in the raw way. <laughs> yeah, that's what but they call it now. That's what they call it. <laughs> Judge, I have to confess. <laughs> Listen, I want to thank you so much for taking this time. We love the show. You are doing so great. What do you love most about your job? Well, I have fun. You know, unfortunately, when I was a judge in Detroit, I handled tough cases. And it was so stressful because I had to deal with the young men who I had to sentence some time to prison, knowing the circumstance in which they came from, and then um, had to show the sympathy for the victims who were losing family members. And so that was tough. That's a hard job. It was hard. So now I just get to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) And we have fun. Watch it. (laughs) I just want to thank you for all the work you're doing in the community with the literacy program and the things you've done throughout your career. It's folks like you that we need more of. Our celebrities need to follow the lead of Rolanda Watts. Thank you. You Listen, I'm following your lead too, and it meant the world to me when you dropped $1,000, y'all. One of the reasons I gave a significant donation is um, nearly 50% of the Detroit population are functionally illiterate. Mm -hmm. 47% to be precise as of about 5, 10 years ago. That's right. Well, you know, when you think about it, and really think about this, y'all, if you can't read. If you can't read, you can't fill out a job application. You can't read your medicine labels for yourself or your children. You can't get a driver's license. You can't open up a credit card account. You can't vote. And you can't even get around in public transportation very well. So most people live a lie the whole time, and they're covering it up. And one of the things in this awareness campaign I'd also like to do is help us as a community recognize when an adult can't read and help them. And how can we do that? Some of us might want to volunteer. Some of us just want to maybe help somebody uh, get to the place, to a literacy uh, place in your area. And we're going to be talking so much more about this, okay? So thank you so much, Judge. I really appreciate it. And we will be staying tuned. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
It's Rolanda. Bro, she said, I sit here and wash my dishes listening to you. Oh, that's and great. And she said, you're my kitchen companion. That's what the whole thing is that you talk about and I talk about, too, is that is going for your dreams, trying something new, not being afraid to fail. We need to have passion in whatever we do. Without that passion, which is where the center of our creativity is, you're not going to have a fulfilling life. There's more Rolanda next. Talk. Listen. Connect. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of your day. Now go out there and do something good. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.